0: morning everybody everybody's well happy tuesday for those that are here live hope everybody had a wonderful long weekend for those that are working in corporate america uh sorry about yesterday we thought we were on miscommunication my bad i jumped the gun but thanks so much for being here today and i'm happy that we're back and hopefully we'll be able to really uh, keep going at this topic that we're in thank you for those that are reaching out to discuss this because we've been living at this wall for a very long time but it's okay People believe people living at these at their walls for their whole lives we can live at the wall for a few weeks and figure out exactly how to strategize to break it down there's a great story about the Lababacher rebbe this is one of my favorite stories for those who don't know him well enough he was one of the greatest rabbis that we've had in the modern era. And uh, his stories are unbelievable. The reason why this whole world is filled with dedicated individuals like Chabad is not because of nowhere. It's because they had this tremendous leader, the Rebbe. And one of my favorite stories, of which there are so many, was that it was one time that they were, it was Rosh Hashanah. We have a tradition on Rosh Hashanah to um, go to a body of water and say special prayers. It's called Tashlich. And it's a very big deal to do it on Rosh Hashanah. And it's got a lot of mystical meaning to it. And we throw our, so to speak, we throw our sins into the sea. It's a big deal. And it's a big deal on Rosh Hashanah. And the Labovitcher group had contracted with the local, I think it was the Botanical Gardens that was in Brooklyn, to use their their area, and they had paid for it to have the space. And that morning it was pouring rain, and the the groundskeeper, the guy who was supposed to be waiting for them, uh, decided that he didn't want to wait around, so he just left, locked the doors, and left. So you can imagine you've got an entire, you know, crew of guys that just I mean, hundreds of people. I don't know how many are hundreds of people. They finish the prayers. I don't know, two, three o'clock in the afternoon, however long it takes. And they all together walk from 770 to this place that was designed for them to, to do these prayers. And they get to it and, and the place is locked. So they look around, they go, we, 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 we Contracted it like I don't know, he's the guy they can't find him. All the gates are locked, so all the Hasidim like sort of like shrug, like, all right, what are we gonna do? It's locked, like, there's a wall. So, I want you to picture this because I, I heard the story like I don't know, like a dozen times and thought about it only a hundred times. Babicha Rebbe wasn't necessarily, I mean, internally, he was one of the greatest athletes of all time, but externally, he was still Jewish, right? Like, he wasn't six eight he didn't scale walls in between. He wasn't Spider-man. he was the biggest rabbi of the time. He did not spend time every day in the gym working on his stretching. And as the Hasidim were sort of dropped shoulders ready to turn around and go back, the Labab Basharbi as the story goes, took his sitter and he handed it to the guy next to him and he the guy looked at him and with one jump jumped, on the wall and scaled it. He just jumped over the wall. Like he just jumped over the wall. He's like the biggest rabbi of the time. And he just scaled the wall. Now, all the Hasidim are looking, going like, holy mackerel, that just happened. That just happened. And they just all just got over. I don't know how they all got over, but they got over. Not everyone is like, you know, in shape. In any Jew Jewish group, there's different levels of inshapeness, and I'm sure in that group as well, but they all got over. They helped each other over, and they said the prayer. They left through the gate. They went back into 770, and as the story goes, everyone's head. Everyone was dripping. So as one people said, they used to have feathers in their cap. The feather was raining all day. That's why the ground sky left. It was raining so hard that the feather, the 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 ink, got on their faces. So you can imagine an entire packed room filled with drenched people. And the rabbi called them all together. And he said, you know why I did that? Because in life we have challenges. We all have walls. And I want you to learn how to deal with walls. And he, in Yiddish, for those who speak Yiddish, I know you're going to like cringe when I say this. I only know very few words in Yiddish because my grandparents, Hashem should elevate their souls, didn't speak enough to me. So I know how to eat in like every language, Syrian, Yiddish. So when it comes to eating, I got that. When it comes to you driving me crazy, I can say that in Yiddish, that's for sure. That was my youth, driving people crazy and eating. Like if you can sum up my youth, throw a little basketball in there and like, that's it. That's me. Like, you know, a lot of my youth. He turns to the crowd and he says, L'chatchila a From What, I, what it, that means is, L'chatchila means, that's the first plan, plan A. The ideal. a means over. Can you imagine? I just want you to for a second be there because I think about this moment. Wherever you are, whatever background you are, don't worry about it. There's no bar- barriers to this. Just imagine being in a room and seeing the greatest rabbi of the generation. No question of the greatest rabbis in the generation. No question. Miracles and insights and wisdom. And he scaled a wall to teach a lesson. That when you have a wall, what you do is you go over it. You don't turn back because of a wall. You wonder why young, talented Chabad couples are flying to like nowheresville world and being there with nothing going on so that when some traveler shows up, they can get a little bit of enjoyment and connect to God. You wonder how these people live? You wonder how the entire world is filled with these superstars? Yeah, this is their rabbi. This was their rabbi. You see a wall, you scale a wall. You see a wall, you go through the wall. You don't turn around for a wall. Are you out of your mind? Do you know who we are? Do you know what's inside us? And we're turning around when we hit a wall? Not us. We're at this wall. Where we left where off last week. Where we left off last week. was this idea that the reason why we turn around from the wall is because I'm not enough. I'm reminded of my friend who was trying so hard to say the words to his family. I spoke about this like six months ago. He didn't say it because he wasn't enough. You know, we don't do these things because we're not enough. That's what this all is about. That's the internal... Underlying core problem that we have is that we don't think we're enough to deal with the wall that's in front of us, which is why we don't just go right through it. So I was saying to you last week that we can go today. We had this conference for momentum. It was awesome. It was awesome. Best guys in the world. Spent three days talking about life and depth and meaning. Like, come on. That's amazing. And we did on Monday night was we identified who we wanted to be. And then we passed out to all the guys, me included a board, a wooden board and a marker. And we had to write on the board, the thing that was holding us back. What's the fear? What's the I'm not enough? I'm not blank enough. What's the blank? Whatever it is, write it down on the board with a sharpie. And we all did. Then we had this great guy who taught us how to break boards. We got in a circle. Sounds fun. And every guy had to get in the middle of the circle, have his board in front of him with the words that are holding him back. And he had to stare at that board and he had to break it. Boom. Yeah, it's, it is very Tony Robbins-y to do stuff like that. It is. I, went, I did a Tony Robbins seminar once in my life and he, I walked over fire. I would do that in a second if I could figure out how to get firewalks in a moment. And that experience for me was interesting, much like when I walked over fire at the Tony Robbins seminar. What happens is when you get to the wall, even though your brain goes, no, I can do this. As soon as you stand in the middle of a circle of 30 guys and there's a board in front of you and there's a hand that you have, thank God, that you don't want to break. Even though some of these boards are easy to break. But you never know until your hand is through it. As tough as we are, you never know that that this is an easy board until your hand gets through the board you know that if you're going to get that board hard that thing doesn't break something's breaking there's no question that when you put your hand to a board fast something's breaking you just better make sure that it's board that's breaking and as much as your rational brain says yeah come on 20 guys did it beforehand like you can do this there's always that little birdie that goes and if you can't It's your right hand. Like, are you ready for this? It's your ego and reputation from everybody else. There's always that like little birdie that says you're not enough, but you got no choice because this is the one thing that a guy doesn't want to do is turn around from that. You got to be a super confident guy. Let me tell you something for the men out there listening. You know this. You got to be a super confident guy to walk into a circle, go, "Nah, this is too dangerous," and walk right out. It don't happen. You look at that board and go, I got you. I'm not turning back without at least a shot at this. Now, this is a metaphor for life, which is that's what the wall is. The wall is just a wooden board that for a second feels like you can't get through it or else you're going to break something. And even if you're prepared for the wall, as soon as you go at the wall of your life, there's always that birdie that says, Don't do it. You can break your hand. Just don't do it. What happens if you don't? So you stay the way you are. Big deal. You're fine. And you stare at that board. And at least I, I took it seriously. I knew that it was just a board, but I didn't want to break the board. I wanted to get greater in life. I want to grow. I want to break my walls. And I stared at that board before I did my little thing. And I was trying to digest the word that I put on the board. That was holding me back. Outside, just picture it for those who weren't there outside grassy area, Orlando night, 88 degrees, 30 guys in a circle, one guy in the middle. And I'm standing there three feet away, staring at a board that has a word on it that I know is the reason why I am not more. And that little birdie, you can break your hand. That moment. At that moment, I had to bring something up that would shut that birdie up. It wasn't rational. I didn't bring up a rational argument because rationally, the birdie was right. Like rationally, like risk reward. I get through the board, great. I don't get through the board. I keep my hand one hundred percent. It's a hundred percent chance that my hand doesn't break on the board if I don't try. Even if it's a one percent chance that my hand breaks in the board, it's not worth it. It's not worth it for what? To to get a metaphor, to to to, to get the you know respect of guys around you. Like even if it's one percent chance that my 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 arm my hand sprains, it's not worth it. And it dawned on me at that moment that it's not rational to get through the board. It's rational to not get through the board. That's our survivor brain. The survivor brain in us says, this doesn't make any sense. Just what are you doing this for? Like, what are you joking? Like, why would you take this risk? It's not rational. If you don't take the risk, you're still okay. If you do take a risk, you can lose something. That's very valuable to you. And the more you think when you're in front of the wall, the more that rational lawyer inside you starts to get louder and louder and louder. And I was just trying to like live in that moment. I didn't want it to go because it was a metaphor. I didn't need a broken board. I was trying to get through it. And learn about me more and more and more. And as that rational bird gets louder and louder, are you crazy? You're going to put your hand at risk. What are you going to do next tomorrow? For a board? Just here's the lesson. Just look at it. You got it. Like you're a big boy. You're not a kid. Stop being an idiot. Stop taking risks you don't need to take. The rational response doesn't work. This is where it gets really hard. Because sometimes you have to be supra rational. Sometimes you have to overwhelm your rational mind. Because when you look at it from a risk reward perspective. And you're in the moment. It's not rational. See, this is where we spoke about the idea of time to think, time to act. When you're in the moment, you can't make rational decisions. Rational decisions take place before you're in the moment. And then you go, yeah, but the chances of not, and I can learn something, and here's how people have done it. It's not a big deal. It's okay. It's going to give me something. And then you can earlier on, create an analysis to say okay this does make sense i'm going to do this but if you don't have a time to think and a time to act and you think when you're supposed to act and you act when you're supposed to think that's when you sit at that wall and your brain goes well we haven't really thought about this this doesn't make sense but when you step into that circle and you stare at that fear and you look at that wall and you say i'm not thinking about this anymore I've done the thinking forward. We're going forward. I'm not thinking about it anymore. That's when you achieve great things. We're going to talk about this tomorrow. This is called the difference between the doer and the commentator. We've got a commentator in our brain that likes to comment on everything. You have that commentator? Am I the only one with a booth? I got a booth in my head of commentators. Like, they just like to comment on everything. I can't believe that happened. Oh, my gosh, what's going to be tomorrow? They, they, these guys are just commentating on, on the game called my life. I got a booth in there for sure. I got, like, broadcasters that are broadcasting to somebody. My life. It's in my head. It comments on everything. And there's the doer in me, which is like that little squirrel brain that, boom, just go do it. And you got to know when to use each. When you're in front of that board and you let those commentators talk too loud, you ain't never getting through it. That's where I was at that moment in Orlando. Right in front of the board. With my commentator going, is it really worth it? And I had to figure out a way to shut that commentator up so that I can get through that board. Because that's life. Finding a way to punch through that thin wooden board that if you just used enough force will crack in half. The chadchila Ariba plan a you see a wall you barrel through all right we'll talk about it tomorrow we'll talk about what happened tomorrow and how to turn off our commentator brain hope everybody's having a great having, having a great weekend or had a great weekend i wish everybody a great day and with god's help i cannot wait to see you again tomorrow have a great day